Portugal's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus, I'm your host. I'm joined as usual by Old Man Hilsey, who's in a miserable mood. Um, Dan uh, from the North Bank with me and Dan Mountney uh, from the Gooner fanzine. Uh, we're going to look back, because we missed last week, we'll briefly touch on the Norwich game and just what happened that weekend. We're going to look back at the Burnley game, but more importantly, we're going to look ahead to uh, Wednesday night football and the North L- London derby on Saturday. Uh, if you like what we do, click the subscribe button uh, and subscribe and follow us. Um, Trevor, how are we? I'm all right, thank you, Fergus. Still a bit tender myself, but yeah, okay, good. Looking forward to tonight. Looking forward to a nice, smiley, happy podcast. You've not done me no favours. You know how old I am, Fergus? My memory's not the best that you've got two blokes called Dan on. So it's, we're not off to a good start, but <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> right, well, uh, since the uh, latest Dan, Dan Mountney from the Gooner fanzine, uh, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about uh, the Gooner as well? Yeah, so uh, I am part of the team that is now writing and designing the Gooner, which is a great, great privilege. Um, you know, we've we've managed to save it for the long term, which is brilliant, and things are going really well this season. So, yeah, we're, we're very grateful for the support and plenty of good things to come from us. Brilliant. And Dan Yule for today. Uh, I still can't get used to it. I just call you Dan anyway, but it's really going to get confusing. How are we doing, <laughs> mate? You all right? Yeah, good. Not too, not too bad. Uh, good to be back on again. Yeah. Good, good. Um, we met uh, last weekend, no, the weekend before last uh, for the Norwich game. I had my nephew over uh, from America for his 18th birthday and I'd done the stadium tour with him on the Friday, which in fairness, I was a little bit disappointed about because a lot of it is really, really out of date. And I think as we've talked about before, uh, the stadium is quite tired in a lot of ways. Um, but for him, it was a great experience. He got to see things that uh, people don't normally get to see behind the scenes and uh, the staff and they were fantastic uh, and just he, he ended up doing his interview in the media uh, where the manager does and everything else but it was really good and then we met in the pub on on the Saturday uh, had a few drinks and um, watched uh, watched the game and even after the game uh, we had a little bit of a chat afterwards and what what, what happened afterwards Daniel? So Fergus has been watching a, a bit of Mo Salah recently so um, decided to come out of the, the ground I think he'd had one or two beers um out of nowhere, just decided to dive on the ground and, uh, yeah, blamed an innocent bystander who uh, didn't really touch him and just dive, dived on the ground, really. We've, we've got some pictures in the uh, a newspaper reporters well, we've got written up on the up on the Arsenal fan forum if anyone wants to go and see it. <laughs> but basically what happened is I was out, out by the Tony Adams statue. Yes, uh, a drink had been taken and some guy just randomly just stepped back in front of me just as so gone behind him and I went absolutely flying it was it was unreal unreal but listen um it was a it was a, a difficult game to watch in a certain degree we had probably five six seven eight chances um and we ended up with a one nil trev it lifted the pressure off mikel uh getting our first points in the premier league obviously it was a, a home game as well um it's more workmanlike than spectacular uh, but it was well received by the fans the fans were in full voice didn't you think I thought the fans were the best I've heard them in a long time, Fergus, to be honest. I thought they, they were loud and proud and, 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 and positive or, and supportive all through the game, which is which is what we need to do for the team. I'm not going to go on about that. I'm still a bit embarrassed about my chat the other week. But but I thought that we did all right against Norwich, taking into consideration where we'd been and what the previous results were and what we needed to do. 
we did what was needed to do and we got we got a one nil win it could have been more but we came away with a win that was badly badly needed badly needed and uh he changed the team a bit. The back, the the defence looked 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 a lot more solid. I don't mind Chambers and Holding and Mari. I genuinely don't mind them. But when you when you see um, Gabriel and White and Tierney and and Tommy Yashu, you realise that maybe we just need something a little bit better. And 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 that showed. I thought that showed greatly. So overall, Fergus, people could say it was only one nil um, against Norwich. Who, who are, favourites to be relegated but it was 1-0 to the Arsenal where have you heard that before you know what I mean I'm very happy with it Dan what did you make of the game uh, it took 66 minutes for us to break the, the, the Canaries down or the Norwich down uh, it was a Bamiyang goal but it, it wasn't necessarily a, a beautiful goal it was uh, half saved deflected uh, one from Pepe's shot Tim Krul turned it round uh, around the post and um, uh Abamyang scored. What did you make of um, the performance and, and also just Abamyang's performance more than anything else? Well, I think in terms of the performance, we, we played we played well, but the most important thing was just getting that result. We, as Arsenal fans, we all want to see good performances, but that, that game felt like it didn't matter how, but we just needed to win. And as you say, the goal was, I think, scrappy, fair to say. Um, but yeah, we got we got the result, and it feels like you know we can kickstart our season now. And obviously, we'll come on to Burnley, but we got that result at Turf Moor, so it feels like something to build upon. As for Bamiang, um, you know, every striker wants to score a goal, doesn't matter how they score it. Um, but I do, I do have concerns about him at the moment. I don't think he's offering as much as he can. We've we've seen how good he can be in in previous seasons, but he doesn't look like himself at the moment, which is which is a big worry, especially as a captain as well. Well, we'll talk about that in a bit because um, if you look at how he performed against West Brom, he, he got uh, a brace against West Brom. He looked very, very uh, bright against West Brom. Uh, is it the system that we're doing in the first team versus the system that we're doing uh, for the for the League Cup? Um, uh, Dan Yule, um, we were there. We saw Michael Oliver do a VAR check. This is going to be funny, isn't it? Uh, the VAR check. Uh, and um, we, we we started a few songs and, and we sang You Had No Voice the next day. Uh, a couple of songs of uh, We Scored a Goal and uh, We're Staying Up. It was... I, some people thought it was a bit disrespectful, but I thought it was it was good fun. What did you make of it? I think it's a bit of, a bit of harmless banter. I think at the end of the day, it's about time the, the crowd just lightened up and had a bit of fun. Um, you're there for a good day, you're there for a day out, and you're there to see friends and, and, and meet up with people. Um, we all want to win. we got to win. Much-needed win over the moon. And, uh, yeah, just, just get behind the lads and... And have a have a sing song, and if 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 you don't want to join in with some of them songs, make your own up, and that's what football fans are all about, aren't they? Coming up with those yeah, sort yeah. of songs, and yeah, I think it's a good a good bit of light hearted banter. Absolutely. Listen, at the end of, at the end of the day, we had a good day out. All uh, for all concerned, uh, we got uh, three points on the uh, on the board. Whether it's a six nil win or a one nil win, it doesn't make a blind uh, blind bit of difference. Uh, on to Burnley. Burnley away game. I, I had tickets too, which I sadly couldn't go. Um, Scunny Mike and a few of the other guys who've been on the podcast uh, have been up there. It was a very hard-fought game, in my view, Trevor, um, for the first half hour. And slightly against the run of the play, 
Um, Saka made a run and he was fouled by uh, Westwood on the edge of the area to get a free kick, resulting in uh, the goal that Odegaard scored from a free kick, an excellent free kick. Trevor, we spoke slightly before this, and I didn't know if you'd just been obstreperous, just for the case of being obstreperous. That's a very big word for me, twice. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> dear, oh dear. <laughs> uh, oh dear, oh dear. Um, but you, you didn't think we struggled as much as I did in that first half hour. Look, for, firstly, Fergus, I, I'm going to have to change the subject for 10 seconds, my friend, and you know why now. I've got a few messages. Look, I, after the Norwich game, the week before last, on the Monday after the Norwich game, I got took in for an urgent appendix removal and I underwent an operation, which was a week ago yesterday. So I'm still struggling getting back on my feet a bit. And I, I, it's not the kind of thing I put on social media and, and want sympathy for. So nobody knows about it apart from, apart from my very close friends. But people are messaging me, I'm fine, I'm all right, I had an appendix removal, move on, I'm, I'm done, I'm fine, yeah? So just so, so it puts people out of their misery. Going going on to um, going on to Burnley, Fergus, I, I didn't think that we... I've watched it, I, did, I couldn't go to the game for reasons I've just explained. And so I've watched it back twice. I watched the highlights on Match of the Day first, and I thought, well, they can be a bit... They can lead you up a garden path, reading the bigger picture of a game, the, the highlights on Match of the Day... So I've watched it back twice. I recorded the full game, watched it back twice. And Fergus, I don't think we struggled. I think we put in a decent away performance, mate, at Burnley. I thought that we looked like the old Arsenal. We looked strong at the back. We soaked up the pressure. We had a goalkeeper that gave our defence much more confidence than I've seen them play with for a long time. And we had a defence that, that took that confidence and played football with it, which we've missed as well for a long time. So overall, Fergus, I don't think we, I think we soaked up the pressure. We went away to Burnley. They tried to bully us. They've got all these bully boys. In years, we've not lost at Burnley in the Premier League, but we have struggled in the past. You know, we had a, a very boring one nil a couple of seasons ago. We nicked a last-minute penalty the year before that with Sanchez. So I thought overall against Burnley, I don't think we struggled. Some, I, I know you're going to break it down, but for me, summing it up, we started off absorbing the pressure when they tried to bully us. We nicked a goal. We nicked a goal, as is the Arsenal way. As is the Arsenal way, makes me smile greatly. And then we, we we didn't sit back, but we soaked it up. And I thought we we looked comfortable. Ramsdale made a couple of saves, but they weren't weldies. Apart from that, we soaked it up quite comfortably. And we came away, in my view, with a comfortable one nil, mate. Honestly, that is how I saw it. Overall, I would agree, but I was sort of leading up to that for the first half hour. I thought we started off in the first five, ten minutes. And I thought we were quite, you know, um, strong. I, I liked the way we were set up, but I, I felt that Burnley were coming on top a bit and bullying, especially Ben White early on. Um, uh, Dan Mountney, how how did you find that leading up to that first goal, and, and and then maybe talk about Odegaard's free kick as well? Did did you did you see Burnley starting to play more Stoke Stoke? City type rugby football against us, uh, a little bit, yeah. And, and no disrespect to Burnley, I think when you go to Turf Moor, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get long balls. Yep. You're going to, you know, big physical duels. They're trying to get the ball in the box whenever they can. And as much as, you know, I agree with you in terms of they were putting some pressure on us. I don't think we looked in danger at any point. I think we we did exactly what we needed to do. We were professional. We were solid. I think Gabriel was superb at the back over putting. A really good performance. It was looks like a real leader as well with that kind of display. 
Uh, you mentioned Ben White there as well. Looked a little bit, bit iffy in terms of his distribution. But I think in terms of dealing with somebody like Wood or, or Barnes, I think he did really well. Uh, and as, as Trev said, Ramsdale as well, I think was excellent. Uh, he got a real presence around him, which I think you don't get with Leno. He, he commands the box. You, you feel comfortable with him behind you as a defender, which is, is really important for us. Um, as for Odegaard's goal, I mean, we we know he can produce that kind of magic and it was just a superb strike to get it round the wall and over it at the same time. It's just the kind of thing that I think we're going to come accustomed to with him. I think he's a real talent and I'm, I'm glad we've brought him back and we'll, we'll see plenty more of him, I'm sure. Absolutely. Daniel, um, what did you make of... We saw Tommy Asu at Norwich up close uh, and we could see the size and the stature of the guy. Um, watching him in the Burnley game... I just found the guy was just so comfortable on the ball, so controlled, so composed in that area of the pitch. Didn't get up the pitch very often, didn't he? Well, actually, he did towards the very end, and I was a little bit confused of, of where he was playing because he was playing up almost uh, on the 18-yard line. But, but for the most of the game, he just stuck to that area where Bellerin could never stick to. Uh, what did you think of Tommy Asu's performance in, in particular? I think he's perfectly suited for that sort of game, to be honest with you. He's... Um sort of what we need in that situation when you've got a guy like Ben White who perhaps his biggest strength isn't in the air you know you've got Gabriel and, and Tommy Asu alongside him I think it, it suits the team perfectly He's, he, he looks quite solid um, he looks like he could develop into a bit more of a leader as well which I think we definitely need a bit more of in the team um, we haven't seen much of him going forward and I think even in the Norwich game when when we you know, we, need, we needed a bit more sort of going forward. You saw him come off, mate and I go to right back. And I think you'll see that a bit more this season when we need a goal, he might come off. Um, definitely, absolutely, to the team. For his first sort of start, you know, in a tough game in the Premier League, you don't get much tougher in terms of a defender up against lots of long balls and crosses. In that respect, I think we dealt with him very, very well. Really, really well. And but the thing is that he's—I I think his natural position is a centre half, and a secondary position yeah. is a right back. So if you've got Ben White, who's better with controlling the ball on the pitch than with his head, he's not really good with the aerial balls because he's slightly shorter than the other centre halves. That means he can slip in behind Ben White, and maybe Ben White, uh, inter, uh, you know, interplay with the with the midfield defence players. Um, Burnley brought on in the second half, they brought on Cornet, uh, a, a mega, mega signing from them, uh, uh, Dan, um, Dan Mountney. Um, this is really going to be great. Uh, <laughs> um, they brought on Cornet um, and he was a bit of a coup because there was a lot, of, a, lot of player, a lot of teams after this guy and it was quite a surprise that he signed for a team in a setup like Sean Dyche has got and uh, you know the, the type of football they play and when he came on he made an instant impact you could see he, he almost scored um, he could see that the way Burnley changed from just being a rugby team type uh, very defensive that they actually went through the midfield uh, and, and when did he almost score when did he almost score when I thought it, I thought he no, well, but he came in. just be, did he just almost did he my Just left leg? You carry on, Fergus. I'm going to split my blood here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, and I'll be Just blaming before. you when the missus nags me. Just before the substitution, he made a run and he put a cross into the box. Okay, he didn't. He it wouldn't be on target, but he he done more than any other player, Burnley player, done before him. Um, what did you? Uh, and, and and for me, I thought it was a big test of Arteta and how he was going to handle that uh, that threat. Then, what, what what did you make of it? Um, well, I think 
in, in terms of Cornet, I've got a few Burnley supporting friends and they're they're very excited that they've got hold of him. Um I think he's got I think he suits their system well in terms of he can deliver a ball into the box with, with real quality. But I we dealt with it. It was it looked very comfortable. There was no point where I thought they were going to score. Uh, we, we've mentioned Tommy Asu. I think he, he was brilliant. He, he provides that cover for White in terms of when he struggles in the air. Um, and he fits into that system that we've seen Arteta try before, where Tierney will push on up the left and they'll kind of slot into a back three. You mentioned Tommy Asu can play centre-back. So I think that, that role suits him really well. And that's part of the reason why they went for him. Um, but yeah, as, as for Burnley's threat, I think it was, it was very little compared to what we've seen them produce in other games against us in the past and, and just in general at Turf Moor. Um, what are you smiling about, Trev? I'm smiling because Dan's exactly right. Because Dan, okay. Dan, Dan has worded it much more eloquently than I ever could. <laughs> but he's put you firmly in your place, Fergus. Burnley didn't look like okay. scoring, mate. Burnley didn't look I, like I, scoring. I know. I, I you said he nearly scored. Don't you? Don't you start reversing it round now? Don't you start okay. turning it round now? I, I I did say he nearly scored. He put a shot in on on goal, but he he didn't right. he didn't score. And and as Focus, Scully just said, before we move on, just before we move on, and I forget, can you put that comment up from my daughter, mate, please, Sammy Rowdy? It was up. A, yeah, it was already up before. Actually, was it? Yeah, I you were it, waffling right? on and on because, and on and on. You see, people, this is my daughter, Sammy. Right, she's a gooneret, and and and. Uh, her ears are of my moaning, right? I've not moaned once, but I'll tell you what's going to work tomorrow. Tomorrow, Sammy Routon will ring me up and say, Dad, can you look after the kids this weekend? Can you look after the kids a couple of nights next week? No, Sammy Routon, I can't because my ears are hurting. Move on. <laughs> so, so Trev, looking at... Um, okay, so we you, we all agreed uh, that there was no real threat from Burnley uh, throughout the game that the game was managed well what did you make of Arteta's game management because it comes into a lot of question about people say his tactics yeah. does he know what his starting 11 is does he know what his yeah. best formation is um and for me as i said when that corner came on i thought it was a big test for him to make the right substitutions because smithrow and saka uh, looked a bit off off pace yeah. um and I really thought, you know, Odegaard was playing a better game than Smithrow, so Smithrow had to be forfeited to bring on Sammy Lekonga. Uh, what did you make of how he managed that situation, and did you think he done well? Ferg, you've made a lot of good points there, mate. A lot of good points. Loads to talk about there in, in what you said. Firstly, with the defence, you've got to remember Ben White's a young kid who's just come to the Arsenal for fifty million pounds. I don't think he had a bad game. He was the one out of four that made a couple of little of errors, right? For all you Arsenal fans that can't remember the old days, all defences make little errors in a game, right? We say, how you cover for them, how you react to them, and how you come out of them. And Ben White played a short back pass, and and, and I think once he didn't look look, look where to be where we needed him to be. But I don't think he was as bad as these fans think they are. Tommy Yasu's played his second game, his second or third game for the Arsenal. Second. And he's yeah, quality, second. absolute quality. I, I don't care if he don't get forward, to be honest. If he defends like that, I, I don't care if he don't get forward that much. And I'll tell you why in a second. The other thing you've got to remember is, Fergus, and this is where the, your point about Arteta's game management comes in, is that we've now got the youngest average age team in the Premier League, I think, right? Yeah. At the Arsenal, right? So, to, so, so not only is Arteta managing games, he's managing the club. He's doing what we wanted him to do. He's making the changes. Uh, Trolls mentioned in the comments a little earlier, we ended the game with six new signings on the field. 
which is what we all said we needed, which is what we all wanted. And we, we looked stronger for those new signings. God, we've got some we've got some right promising players. I mean, Lakonga looks like Lakonga looks looks like he's very, you know, very cool and calm and can move the ball about nicely. And he and importantly with Lakonga, he looks to move the ball forward, Fergus. That first look to see where he can go is is in that is in that, that them angles in front, you know, totally. which is very totally. promising. You know, um, and the lad that not, that's not getting much game time because I think Tierney had a blinder against Burnley, to be honest. But the lad that's not getting next not much game time is Nunes, right? Tavares, is it Tavares, isn't it? Nunes, Tavares, Nuno Tavares. Tavares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, I know it was only West Brom, but he is a class act. Waiting to come in. So for me, that for me, it's bright. Fergus is managing the team, and he's managing the game. We can talk. We're going to talk about Alabama Yang shortly, aren't we? Because I've got a bit of an outlook on Alabama Yang, you know. And uh, I, 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 I thought that Alabama Yang's efforts. I'd be interested to get Dan and Dan's views here, Fergus, and yours. I thought that Alabama Yang's efforts against Burnley were okay. I thought his effort rate was up. I thought he put himself out of pot. But what I'm thinking is, when you've got the likes of Smith Rowe, Odegaard, Saka, um, Lakonga, Party, all willing, all can all make those runs into the box. All, all, do we need a, a striker that's the, out like Albama Yang, who makes the runs into the box? When we've got enough people to do that, I think we need a presence that's already in the box. I don't think we need that running into the box. And that's that's not being disrespectful for Aubameyang. That's just how I see the the team heading, mate. You know, so I don't know what the other lads think, but uh, that's well, what I, I am. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with you, and I think it's been an issue for quite a while because you look at Tierney and you even Bellerin when he could cross a ball. Um, we're putting balls into the box all the time, and there's no nobody ever been on the end. Dan uh, Dan uh, Gunning, um, what did you make of um, uh, like what Trev said there about like you know that the cross was going in and, and the, the lack of appointment really? Yeah, I mean, a, f- a few things that, that Trev just said, actually. I, I think, starting with Ben White, actually, I think a lot of people criticised him more than actually he deserves. Um, I had a few look at a few stats after the game. Um, if you look at Ben White, five area with Jules won, seven clearances, four, interse- four interceptions, and he got a rating of 7.64. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's only stats, it's numbers, but I actually felt like what he was given to do, he dealt with quite well. And I think the whole team dealt with it all quite well you know we was on the back foot slightly not really not really on the back foot but you know we had we had stuff that we had to deal with defensively and I think we, we did it um yes he had that under hit back pass I think people are putting a bit of pressure on him he's a 50 million signing and they're expecting him to, to be Van Dyke overnight um I think give him time I think he's he's a good defender um as long as we what cover for his what did you make of his back pass then for for that penalty claim and 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 the VAR experience then because uh, you know it, it was a bit of a hospital pass. Trev, hold on a second. I mean, I mean, like Trev pass. said though, you make people make mistakes, and I know there, there's been a few excuses saying the grass was long, etc. Look, professional players need to make passes. He needs to do better, no doubt about it. That that's not good enough to be doing. But you make mistakes, and Ramsdale dealt with it well. We got away with one. Move on, I think. Okay, and but, um, uh, how did yeah, you sorry. think? Uh, how how did you think, um, uh, Dan Mountney? How did you find the, the VAR experience? And we're seeing more and more 
of referees going to the monitors and making decisions, bar the disastrous one at Man City, I think the rest of them have been pretty okay. Yeah, I think I think it's working a lot better. And I think going to the screen and having the referees look at it again, rather than it just being a voice from Stockley Park or you know, or a four or five minute hoo-ha over what it's going to be. I think it's working a lot better as it is now. Um, and as for the one at Burnley on Saturday, I think they got it got it right. Ramsdale clearly got the ball. I think it was Vidra who ran through, went went down a bit easy, you could say. So, yeah, they got it perfectly right for me. And it's working a lot better because it has been a major complaint for a lot of fans. And and to be honest, to watch it live, I thought it's a penalty. Uh, and and mm. he's good. That is where VAR does... Yeah. Do the, I didn't blame the referee in any way, shape or form for blowing up and calling a penalty, but it was it was justified. A good question here for, from C. Osborne. Uh, my question is, have you ever seen such a drastic change to a team in the Premier League in recent years? I don't think anybody has had such a rebuild. Uh, Trevor, when, is there a, another team in the league that you could think of that had such a rebuild? Liverpool, maybe? Wow, that's a bit on the spot. Yeah, possibly, Fergus. But we, maybe no other teams actually needed the massive rebuild that we have to meet the expectations of their relevant club. You know, our expectations are very, very high and we weren't meeting those and a massive change was needed. So I can't, mate. I can't remember it at all. But, uh, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly making me smile. And what we... What we've got with these changes, Fergus, right? The fans can see, right, a bit of change and a bit of positivity. They're looking at, they're looking at Ramsdale. They're looking at uh, Odegaard. They're looking at Tierney. They're looking at Gabriel. They're looking at these players really getting punchy and really getting stuck in, right? And creating an atmosphere is a two-way thing. I know the fans create an atmosphere, but players doing that on the field makes the fans create the atmosphere. You know, it's a two-way thing. And that is why the fans are lifted this year. That is why it's a better atmosphere. That is why, you know, Burnley was such a great away day and and, and we're going to be, you know, we were, we were loud enough against Norwich because the fans have got something to get excited about. And over the last few years, we haven't had a lot, have we, mate? You know, we haven't had a lot of this punchy effort stuff. And, it, you know, it, it, it don't win every game, but uh, it certainly makes you feel good as a fan. Certainly makes you want to shout your head off, doesn't it? It does. It does. Listen, we had uh, more. We had fewer shots and corners uh, than our hosts, um, but yet again, the result turned our way. I think I said to you, Trevor, at a, in a chat um, since the game, that I've seen Wenger sides, I've seen Emery sides, I've seen better teams go to Burnley and Stoke and places like that and struggle uh, to get the result that we got. Uh, so for that, um, I I am absolutely delighted with the result we got up at Burnley. A little bit of a shame at the end. There was a little bit of trouble between some Burnley fans. I'm led to believe from some friends I know there, uh, a lady with her daughter and some older people uh, who were near where we were the last year, uh, Trev, um, that it started just before half, uh, just after half time, probably around the VAR decision, uh, and they started getting a bit more abusive and chucking lighters and stuff like that. And it just built up and built up. And it was when Odegaard... Ramsdale and uh, Tierney came to the the away fans to say thank you, which they're entitled to do, and we love them doing that. Um, that the Burnley fans took even further up on bridge, uh, started to get mo- a bit more abusive towards the fans along the side who aren't going to take no crap from them, and they gave they gave a bit back. Uh, it's a shame, um, but I you listen. Nobody got hurt. Uh, the FA will look into it, and I'm sure probably nothing, uh, nothing, nothing will happen. 
The next fixture we've got is uh, round three in the League Cup. Uh, it should be part of the European Tour for um, Trevor. He's normally on a European Tour uh, this time of the year. Um, what did you say two years ago this one was? <laughs> Where was this one, Trev, then? That was uh, Frankfurt, mate. It, uh, it, away at Frankfurt. Brilliant Frankfurt, stadium. Frankfurt. Weird stadium, Frankfurt. It's in the middle of a forest, you know, a proper forest. And when you come out afterwards, it's pretty black and you can't find your way where you're going. But when you're drunk, you don't really care. So, it's uh, yeah, I miss that. I miss that really badly. And that is why I'm excited about us winning games. I'll take one nils for the rest of the season, mate. I'll take boring, boring dog crap one nils. I'll take one nils where you just said about getting play focus. I'll, I'll give the opposition 30 corners a game and we'll just add the one if we win one nil. I'll take it, mate. I'll take it because I want to be back at them grounds next year enjoying these trips, you know, and I want to see us back in that top of that table where we should be. So, we're up against Wimbledon in the next round. Uh, the last time we won the League Cup was 1992 under George Graham. Uh, that was a rebuild. No, sorry, 93. Sorry, yes, my right. I told you that before we came on. I said, don't forget it was 93, Ferg. He did. Ferg, you're in he trouble. You need to get touched. <laughs> Five seconds um, before we came on air, I said 93, Ferg. Don't forget 93. Lads, listen, when you need a friend, <laughs> don't, don't rely on Trev. <laughs> um, right, OK. Um, so, 1993 against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, we're now up against uh, Wimbledon in the third round. That's AFC Wimbledon, who've worked their way right through uh, the leagues after being reformed when uh, the, the, the old Wimbledon split to MK Dons. Uh, they're now in League One, I believe. Um, and they're doing okay in League One. They've scored 15 goals, so they can score a few goals. But yet again, they can also let in a few goals. Um, they've got 12 points from the first eight games in the league. Um, uh, Dan Gunning, I'll come to you first. What changes do you see in this lineup? What would, you, how much of that first 11 would you like to to, to see remaining? Or what sort of rotation would you like to see done? Two or three. I think go, go back to how it used to be and how it should be. I'd love to see youngsters like Patino, Keo, Taylor Hart, them sort of lads come in, being given a chance in the squad. Um, under 23s, they've been doing great. I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the Chelsea game, the, the ball that Balogun played in. Great ball. Give, give them sort of guys a chance in the team. When we got to the final, when did we get to the final? 2006, was it? Six or seven? We had, we had a mix. No, um, before that, against Chelsea. We had... Um, you know, the likes of Colo Touré and Fabregas playing in the squad, but playing around them was all the kids. And I'd like to see the same sort of thing. You know, get, get the lads in that, that need a game. So maybe a Ben White, a Tommy Asu in there as well. Um, definitely rest Partey, I think, needs to needs to stay fit for the derby. And that's that's the, the main game. Um, Lukonga could be in there. And then, like I said, Patino, get you know, Taylor Hart in there around the squad, Balogun. Um, possibly... Couple of players like Lacazette, maybe could captain the squad. Um, Pepe, who maybe needs a goal in and around young young players, hopefully. And then, uh, Mountain, would would you be starting Leno in goal, or would you be starting uh, our third keeper in goal, or would you be putting Ramsdale in 
Uh, and if you did play Ramsdale or Leno, would that give an indication who's going to play um, on Sunday? Yeah, I'd I'd personally play Leno. I'd I'd keep Ramsdale for Sunday. I think he's shown in the two games that he's played so far in the in the Premier League that he is what we've been lacking in terms of a goalkeeper, a good shot stopper, but someone who's also a commanding presence and will come and collect crosses and and gives that aura of of someone who is in control of the situation. So I think Leno will be starting midweek against Wimbledon. Okay, um, Trev, what, what, where where and and what would you be doing midfield wise? Because we, you know, Granite Shaka can't play because his last game of his ban. Um, so, do, who do you start? Do you start Maitland Niles in that central role and build build a, a second midfield around him? Yeah, probably Maitland Niles and the Conga, maybe I think. But uh, see, focus is an interesting week because not what we've not mentioned is that we're talking about playing the youngsters tomorrow against Wimbledon, but the under twenty three play on Friday night at the Emirates against Brighton. So. If you play all the under 23s or, or the, the the b team um tomorrow night what do you do on friday so he's got quite a busy week to work himself out i think they'll play leno i think that maitland niles and lafconga will get a game i think Tavares will play i think he'll go with lacquer up front um and then fill in around those um probably we'll have Alden and mari and at the back i think he'll go pretty weak compared to what we have been playing because we uh, Let's, let's look at it. We should be, honestly, we should be good enough to beat Wimbledon. Famous last words, maybe. But we should be good enough to beat Wimbledon. And then, as I say, he's got Friday at the Emirates when the under twenty three is playing. And then he's got Sunday. That's, that's, it, not, it, that's it, the following Friday, Trev. By the way, that's the first. Is it? Oh, I thought it was this Friday. Yeah. No, no, no. It's the following Friday. Oh right. Well, that's lucky because I was thinking about going down this Friday and I turned up at the Emirates. Would <laughs> 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 be I would have turned up at the Emirates and there'd have been no one there. Oh, my lordy. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to we're going weak. And, but what the interesting point you just made, Fergus, is he, he won't play Leno on Sunday. I know Arteta's got this habit of surprising us with the odd team selection. But if he plays Leno on Sunday, I'm taking him down the nuthouse. I am. I'm properly taking him down the nuthouse. Because there is absolutely no way that... And look, this isn't being disrespectful to Leno. He's talking as an Arsenal fan. And we all know I'm I'm an Arsenal fan. And as an Arsenal fan, I want us to play our very, very best team against Tottenham. So it's no disrespect to Leno. I'm, I'm telling you what I think the best best player is. And if he don't play Ramsdale against Tottenham, I won't figure that one out for as long as I live. And you don't change the winning side, Trev, as well. You know, no, if you're on the roll, you keep, you keep the side. If he's, he's done a good job, fans have, have got behind him. Two clean yeah. sheets in a row. It doesn't matter who you play. You know, if, if you don't concede goals, stay yeah. in the squad. You, you've got to give it to players that if they perform well, they stay in the team. And that's how you, you get them to compete. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> and, and Dan, from your um, from your knowledge and writing a little bit about football, what do you know of Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon? And uh, who, who are the main threats? Well, I drink some water. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing okay in League One at the moment. I think the big thing for them has obviously been getting back to Plough Lane, um, where they obviously lost that ground when the original Wimbledon was moved to Milton Keynes, but they've rebuilt it. Brand spanking new. It looks really good from what I've seen. Um, and I think it's important for Arsenal that the game has been played at the Emirates, because if it was by, being played at Plough Lane Wednesday night, 
you know, one of the big boys there, I think the crowd would have been really up for it. It would have been a really tough game. So I think, you know, it being a home tie has helped us in a way, but they'll, they'll cause a threat. They've, they've got some lively attacking players from what I've seen. So, you know, they won't be pushovers. And there's talk yeah. of them bringing up to 9,000 fans because with yeah. uh, cup allocation, they can, they can have 9,000 fans. Uh, do you know if they've sold their allocation or not? Uh, I couldn't tell you, but I think, yeah, it'll probably be something around that. Obviously, it's not that far of a trip for them, is it? And, you know, big day out, so. They've still got yeah, some for sale, not many. I'd have looked today, actually. I don't know why I did, but I did. I've got a few for sale, but okay. not many. Okay. It'd be what, a wonder what? how many other, um, other teams will be jumping in the away end to, to do them, like when Leighton Orient played us uh, at the Emirates all those years back as well. Go on, Trevor, you're going to say something? No, just you, you talk about 93, Fergus made me smile. Uh, all, a lot of the older fans watching us all remember, but in 93, we, we, we played, it was a strange year because we played Sheffield Wednesday in both the cup finals. We played them in the in the League Cup final and the FA Cup final Wednesday. We beat them in the League Cup final 2-1. And a lad called Steve Morrow's centre-half scored the winner. And uh, he was a fringe player. He, he, didn't, he didn't get a game every week. He was a fringe player, Steve Morrow, but he scored the winner at Wembley. He's over the moon. And before we got and collect the cup, Tony Adams has run up behind him and picked him up and put him on his shoulders and dropped Steve Morrow and broke his arm, right? And we laugh about it now. But a poor lad couldn't even go up and collect his, his winner's medal. It was probably the highlight ever of his career. And he's laid on the turf, can't move. And, uh, of course, then we go on the rest of the season, he can't play, and we go back to Wembley and win the final of the, of the FA Cup, and he can't even be there to, to play that game. So, yeah, it was a bit, a bit of a shame, really. Good old Steve Morrow. Yeah, there's my boring point of the day for you. We're we're all predicting to go through in ninety minutes on the on this because uh, there's no extra time. There is is there a, does it go straight to penalties or is there extra time in the game? I, I think it's straight to penalties, but I may be wrong. Okay, um, and we're all we're all expecting to. I I I don't see a cup upset uh, even with a weaker Arsenal. Uh, I'm I'm expecting us to go through to the next round and. Hoping Kevin Campbell can do us a favour and give us a nice, uh, easy draw, easy draw for the next round, which which would be nice. I've um, had a word with him. Actually. I've had a word with him. I've had a word with yeah. Casey. I want an away draw. I don't want none of this rubbish home draws. I want the European tour to resume if we get through against them with an away trip somewhere like Darlington or or somewhere up there. You know, nice Wednesday night up north. Nice Barrow on Barrow would do. He he knew that you were going to be having your operation, so that's why he made sure it was a home tie, so your European tour can continue. Your your mate Kev took care of you, don't you worry? Yeah, <laughs> we had words. Right, um, we're going to have a very strange experience for myself and Trev as well. I think on Sunday we're going to do a North London derby, and we're going to be stone cold sober because we're under doctor's orders to to get our health and our well being back in in in. Uh, uh, into shape uh, so it's going to be really funny watching uh, young Dan down there falling around like an idiot like I normally do um, and singing songs out of tune like I normally do even get the words wrong like I normally do uh, but are we looking forward to the, the North London derby young Dan am I the young one or am I the old one yeah. <laughs> I don't know you just I was just thinking that you're about the same age anyway <laughs> you're the young one now but yeah oh, I'll tell you first I can't wait can't wait for the derby. It's, it's the game of the season, home and away against them lot. I don't know about you, if you're more nervous in these games, not wanting to lose, but I don't know, just just go and win it. Go and shut them lot up down the road, send them back where they belong. Can't wait. 
Can't stand them. Can't stand the fans. Can't stand the people. Can't stand the club. And and, and the other Dan Spurs have not been on top form uh, recently, losing uh, the last two three nil and drawing one nil. Arsenal with a stuttering start and issues with the forward line. You know, it, it it's got a recipe to be. We're pretty evenly matched where we are on form. It's got a recipe to be a great game, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think Tottenham is still kind of finding their feet under under Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, I think they didn't do very well against Crystal Palace, obviously. Um, yeah, lost lost last weekend as well. But the one thing that does worry me, and I know what Trev's going to say, oh, don't worry about the opposition, blah, blah. Okay, I'm still going to make the point. Sorry, Trev. The thing that worries me is Harry Kane's lack of goals because it just has that kind of feel that his season may possibly come to life in a North London derby. He's just that kind of player, which does worry me a bit. But I think if we keep him and, and Son quiet... We've got a good chance of picking up a result. Yeah, Trev. you're right, Dan. Oh, Dan's, Dan's hit the nail on the head. He's exactly right. I can't remember ever, ever being sober at an North London derby. I can't ever remember being sober at a game of football full stop, let alone the North London derby. But Dan's right. But I'll tell you what, Dan, I'll just chuck something into that and put it back to you, mate. Because Eric Kane does up his game against us. There's no doubt about it, you yeah. know. He puts himself about and he ups his game against the Arsenal. But I honestly think we've got a few players in our side now who, contrary to recent seasons, are going to go out against Tottenham on Sunday and they're going to up their game. Yeah. And we're going to play just we're going to we're going to raise our game that bit against them. I think we've got that mentality of player has changed in our squad now, and we've got enough of that mentality to to see us raise our game. And, and maybe maybe play Kane off the park. I, you know, I I I think that Tottenham have won their league and they're on a downer now, and uh, we're, we're just starting ours. And I, I think we're going to beat Tottenham. I honestly think we're going to beat them. And I think we'll probably beat them by a couple of goals if we just find a, for, a bit of forward form. Just want Albert to bang a goal in. That's all. You know, yeah. but I think we'll beat him by a couple of goals because I think Dan's exactly right about Kane, Kane and Son. Son does it as well. He raises his game. But we have now got this player. As we're going back, six new signings on the field, your younger age level, people that want to play for this badge. We've got more of that in our squad now, and I think we'll raise our game, Dan, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, the, the one thing I'd add to that is that I think Arteta especially will be kind of letting those new signings know how important this game is and what it means to the Arsenal fans and Arsenal as a club as a whole. And I think he'll really be drilling that into them this week, how important it's going to be that we get three points on Sunday. Yeah, do you think that do you think that Jack Wiltshire might have any influence on on drilling that message through? He's training no. at the London Colony. Um, you'd, you'd like to hope so. I mean, it wouldn't harm, would it? So, yeah, I think we, we've got a lot of people in and around the club now who who have been here before as players in other roles who, who know what it means to play for Arsenal and what the North London derby means. So, yeah, I think the message of the importance of Sunday will really be drilled into them this week. Absolutely. Trev. Lineups. Um, do you do you start with Shaka? He's been out for three games. It seems like he's almost first man on the team sheet for an Arteta side. Um, many of us were hoping he was gone uh, a long time ago. Even he was hoping he was gone. Rome was where his heart is. Remember. Um, so you know, do you start with him, Fergus? Not. I, I honestly think this Shaka situation is that serious. It could be the last thing within the club that can still divide the fans, the Xhaka situation. 
right, and drag our club back in a downward spiral again. I honestly think it's that serious. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to swear about him and curse about him, but as I said just now, I'm an Arsenal fan and I want to see the best possible side play for my great football club. And Xhaka, for me, doesn't get anywhere near that, right? Having seen what we saw at the start of the season, having seen recent seasons, the way our club has played football, and Xhaka has been pivotal for that, purely because he plays in the pivotal position, yeah? And we've played, we've not played anywhere near the standard of football we would have liked, right? And we've played Burnley and, not, and, and, uh, and Norwich, and it's Burnley and Norwich, yeah, I know that, yeah? But we've looked a different side, we've, and we've looked a different side because we've transitioned the ball. Our younger players have took the ball on and transitioned it. And before I play Jacker, I will play Party, Laconga, Maitland-Niles. Smith Rowe and Odegaard can play that deeper role, you know? So for me, Xhaka is probably about fifth or sixth on the list, mate. And I say that, I'm not, that's nothing personal against Xhaka, as I said, saying it as a fan, and I'm saying it on what I've seen. Xhaka is not good enough to play in this current Arsenal football club, football team. I don't think he'll take us where we want to go. I'm dropping down to you, Dan. Um, what happens if he does start Xhaka? Uh, what would that make you feel about Arteta? Is he progressing or is he regressing by bringing him again? Well, I think the problem the problem we've got with the Xhaka situation is that Arteta, and you could argue that he's right because of the, the experience he's got at both club and international level and the amount of time he's spent at the club, but Arteta sees Xhaka as one of the senior players. But then you've got the problem of that one of your senior players who should be leading by example, who should be who should be the one taking control when we're in sticky situations, maybe losing a game, drawing a game, need a goal kind of thing. The problem you've got with him is that he is a major liability, whether that be making a mistake, losing his head, getting himself a silly booking or a silly red card. That, that's your problem. And I think that in games like the North London Derby, where things do get a bit feisty, I think he could be a big liability. He, if, if you were to say that someone on the Arsenal side will lose their head, he'd be the first name you'd say. And that is the problem with him. Well, if you look at the Burnley game and you look at how Gabriel um, uh, was up in the referee's face, he was up in every player's face, he was there uh, more a captain than Aubameyang was on the on the day as well. And I wouldn't have seen Arteta do that on the pitch. Uh, the other Dan, um, Aubameyang, he's probably got to start. Or you, do, do you put Lacazette and bring Aubameyang on later in the game? What do you do? Like you know, the the guy couldn't score if he was out with Rooney in an old folks' home. Harsh. I'd, I'd near enough. If it wasn't the fact that Erdegaard and Smith Rowe and that was uh, definitely first choice, I'd start a Bamian and Lacazette in this game. They they turn up against Spurs. They score goals. This could be the game to get them going. Um, I think people are very harsh on Bamian. Uh, it's not long ago he was carrying the club and and the winner in the FA Cup. And agreed. He's he's a uh, still a world class striker. You don't lose that overnight. There's a lot more, I think, going on in the background with the club. He's also not getting the service that he did a couple of years ago. Um, we're a very different side in the way that we play now. We're, we're very horseshoe, U-shape, back and forward, back and forward. Um, we've got to develop our game. We've got young players that are not consistent yet. You know, rave about Saka, rave about Smith Rowe. We saw against Burnley that they can have their off day. They're young, you're going to expect it. So you've got to expect that his goals are going to dry up a little. Um, 
you're hoping that he's going to be that match winner that creates something out of nothing. You, you see it a lot with him where he comes off the left-hand side, cuts inside, curls one to the top corner. He's not going to do that every game. You can't rely on a player like that to do it every game. He's not Thierry Henry. He's not that much of a world-class striker. He's a good, great striker. I still think he's world-class, but he's nowhere near that level. Um, but there's no one else better in the club. Similar to the Xhaka situation. I don't like Xhaka. We've had this conversation a lot of times. He's a liability. He keeps letting the club down time and time again. But I don't see we've got much better than him at the moment. What we needed to do was go out and sign someone better than him. And we haven't done it. And I think that's still the case even with Aubameyang. Um, We need to go out and sign someone better. I think we have bought somebody better than um, than Shaka in Lekonga. and not yet. If, yeah. if, look at Lekonga. I'm so impressed from the few games I've seen in Lekonga. I think, as as Trev said early on, his vision is always forward. He doesn't look for a sideways or backwards pass. Uh, he he actually got over excited at one point when he came on against Burnley, and I thought, oh, just dial it back a little bit um, because he was just over but he was just looking to break the ball and break the lines and get get players moving forward. Um, Trev, what's the solution then to that service that Abamyang, Martinelli, Lacazette, whoever's in there, what's the solution? Uh, you know, what are our, the, the weaknesses that we need to fill in that midfield area to try and uh, plug that gap and, and, and get the forward line working again? Could I, mate, I just want to take another 10 seconds yeah. on Xhaka, right? Because for me, you can sum... Xhaka up perfectly, really, in one paragraph. In that, in that, the, the last person or someone whose temperament you can relate to Xhaka's was Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira had a vile temperament on him at times, and he was going to get sent off once or twice a season. You knew that, you knew that. But Patrick Vieira, Vieira was a quality of player and gave you that much that you were willing to accept that and take that because the benefits far outweighed the minuses. The risk was worth taking. If you lose Patrick Vieira in a game, you lose him. Next, you know, three games later, you get him back and he's worth the benefit. That's not the case with Granit Xhaka. Granit Xhaka isn't worth the risk of standing off because he doesn't give enough back to the side. There's other players that we can bring in that can perform to a better level in my standard. Having said that, I think that Arteta will probably pick him against Tottenham. I think it will be the wrong thing to do. I think you'll yep. probably pick him. As for the forwards, Fergus, it's an interesting one, isn't it, mate? Because we haven't got an answer. What I, once again, no disrespect to Alba, but talking as an Arsenal fan who wants to see his best side, me personally, what I wouldn't give for a Giroud type in that box now, with the balls that are slung in from Tierney and 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 uh, Smith Road does the runs into the box. Saka does the runs into the box. You know, Odegaard does the runs into the box. What I wouldn't do for someone in that box causing mayhem, a big lump, you know. Um, so I honestly don't don't know what the answer is. I think Al, uh, Daniel is, is right what he says, that Alba hasn't let us down, you know, until the last season and this season. But he, he's not scoring goals, and that's a problem, what, what, regardless of what he's done in the past. But I don't know what the answer is. I think you play Alba... And you hope they comes off because I don't think Martinelli is, is that type to, to be ready to, to play that type of game. Um, the only other option is Lacazette, or you know, or we, we just stick with with Aubameyang and hope for the best. My main my main concern is in bringing Xhaka back. It really is a concern because I think he'll play him, and I don't think we benefit, you know, um, 
I don't think we'd benefit from him as we should. So what I think we, we need to get used to that a little. Sorry, I, I, just a quick one on all, but I think we need to get used to the fact that he's not going to be that player that gets involved in play too much. You, you see what Jamie Vardy does at Leicester. And, and since Brendan Rodgers has been there, he's pretty much told him, stay on the line, stay away from the ball. Don't come deep. Don't try and get the ball. I want you on the line. I want you pressing the defenders back, pushing them back, and then giving the, the players in a number 10 spot time on the ball for a parte and a lock under, as you just said, to play the ball between the lines for a Smith Rowe and Odegaard to pick the ball up, turn, play balls in behind. And that's what he will give you. And I think people just want him to be a bit more active in the game. But you're not going to get that if to get the so best out of that against, team. That you can get that against Burnley. I didn't really see that. I know some people saw him do a bit. Of, like Trevor even mentioned that he, he thought he was a bit more active than I did in, in the game. But I just found him dropping that little bit too deep to, uh, to go for the ball because he's not getting that service that you're talking about. Um, and maybe that's where the manager needs to come along and say, right, guys, this is what we need to do, and and do what Brendan Rodgers did to Vardy and say, right, you just stay there. You you stay on the last man's shoulder, and. We'll, we'll get the ball to you. Your job is just to run in and, and, and finish it. Yeah. No, no I, I thought I'd said, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Fergus. I thought Aubameyang's levels were high against Burnley. I thought his effort levels were high. But his effort levels were in the wrong areas of the pitch and he was doing things that other players were doing, whereas a striker needs to be doing things differently to the players that feed him, you know. I tell you what, did what we've not mentioned for the Burnley game. I don't know if you, any of you chaps noticed it, but I did, um, and I'm not knocking him here. I still think he's the greatest young talent in this country. I've gone on record as saying that, and I continue to say that. I wouldn't swap him for anybody. But twice in the game against Burnley, Saka's first touch let him down. You know, and if his first touch, he'd have been, he'd, he'd have scored two goals if his first touch hadn't let him down. He's only a I, kid, I and he's not good. But I'm saying that in the context of. People are saying we've won one nil against Burnley. On another day, Saka, uh, Saka gets his first touch right, and we win two or three nil. That that was the context I was saying that in. Not before people start thinking I'm having to go at Saka. I'm not talking about the bigger picture of the game and, and goal chances. Yeah. And and picking up on that, um, Dan Mountney, um, picking up on that, ESR and Saka both looked a bit off sorts against Burnley. Saka has had a a huge 18 months coming from from zero to hero uh, for England for everything else that he's done he's been way overplayed as Trulls have just put in the comments and he needs some time off would you play him in the North London derby um that is a good question I would yes because I I I don't know who else I'd play instead of him is the only problem I think I think he's tired not not just physically but but mentally as well mentally yeah because yeah. obviously, you know, what happened at the Euros in the final, missing the penalties, that's going to take a toll on anybody, especially someone of his age. Um, and he's, we had such a reliance on him last season, playing so many games, but not just that, of the responsibility at times in terms of scoring a goal, making something happen, feeling like it fell entirely on him. That, that's going to be draining mentally as well. So I think, yeah. you know, he, he does need a bit of a rest, maybe take him out for a game or two, bring him on as a sub whatever, just, just let him have a bit of downtime and, and recoup and, and get himself back to his best. Smith-Rowe? Uh, as for Smith-Rowe, I just I put it down to an off day, to be honest. I don't think he's played as much football as Saka. We know he's had his injury problems, so you know maybe maybe he's feeling something, but we don't know. 
But I think, yeah, it's just I think it's just an off day for him against Burnley, to be honest. But we know how good he can be, which is the important thing. Over the next year, mark my word, over the next year, Smith Rowe is going to take off. He's going to take off. He's going to catch fire. And that young man is going to take off. You watch... I've watched him a lot, Smith Rowe. I've been very lucky to watch him since he was a young player. You watch how close that ball is to his foot when he runs with it. You watch the close control he's got and his capability. All he's got to do is raise his confidence, that young man, and he's away. He's away up. No doubts. No doubts. I remember watching him, I think it was three years ago in an FA Youth Cup game, and it was the first time I'd seen him. It just blew me away, just the way the way he carries the ball, the, yeah. the pressing, the the ability to find a pass and see a pass that others maybe don't. And I agree with you, Trev. I think give it a year, 18 months, and, and he's going to be a star. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan Manley, I'll come to you first of all with your score prediction. It's really hard, it's really difficult to predict a, go- uh, a, a, a result in this game. Um, but I'll go to you first. 2-1 Arsenal. Dan, 2? 2-0. 2-0 Arsenal, yeah? Of course, I'd never go in for them. Of course. <laughs> OK. Absolutely not. Uh, Trev, we're going four? No, do you know what? I've got... To, I'm going to be more sensible this season, Fergus. I know you wouldn't think so, <laughs> but I'm going to do my very best. Um, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm, I'm, I'm going 2-0. I'm, yeah. 2-0 for me, 2 to the mighty Arsenal. The Arsenal. Don't forget the Arsenal. And that the has got a capital T. Right? The, the Arsenal. I, I'm going to go for 2-1 as well uh, to, to the Arsenal. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, it, it's always a difficult one. The, the main thing for me is that we turn up, we show up, uh, we perform uh, and that we don't get stuffed uh, by uh, by our rivals because bragging rights are just absolutely huge. It, it's it, I'm hoping it's not going to happen, Trev. Don't squirm your face up like that because it's, it's oh, bad enough as it is. Shush, oh, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm not angry with you, but I'm angry about that, Fergus, because there's been a, a couple of comments in social media today, right, that uh, if Arteta loses against Spurs, I'll be wanting him out again, right? Or if we lose if we lose against Spurs... We need a total rethink. Absolute crap. Absolute rubbish. Just take on board where we are and where we're heading and what you're seeing, right? If we don't, if we don't beat Spurs, I will be devastated. I will have to turn all my social media off for a week, right? And I will have to turn my phone off and I won't be able to talk to anybody. But it won't be the end of the world. That doesn't mean you can abuse Arteta or the players, right? It happens. It happens. Sorry, Ferg. No, 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 no. I, to be honest, I, I agree with you totally. I, my, my sentiment's the exact same. And and that, that's where I, I, I come on about saying at least if we turn up and we've got a performance in um, and that we don't get tonked. The, the last thing you want, look, I, I, I'm, I'm confident that we'll we'll win. I'm confident we won't lose. Um, of, of, of that, I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident. Um, but it just, you know, the last thing you want is, you know, the... the Get, getting a paste in because it's just where I live around here it'll just be absolutely hell um, it won't be much different where you are either Dan. so um, just quickly on the Wimbledon go on just one second just quickly on the Wimbledon game Matt, Matt Bayon asked um, is the uh, Wimbledon game being shown here it is it's been shown on Sky Sports uh, it's not is shown it? in the Ameri- uh, on, yeah I believe I believe it is you on Sky it? I don't think it is no but, someone told me that it's not on Telefer. I think it's um, United and West Ham, is it, on Wednesday? And Liverpool and Norwich yeah. tonight? 
We're not on a telly oh, okay. I think far as I'm aware. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's a stream around anywhere, but I'm, I'm sure I'll find it somewhere or another anyway. But um, yeah, I, 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 I thought it was on. Go on. Go on. You were saying, Trev, before I, I cut you down on that one. No, you didn't cut me down. I can't remember what I was saying now, to be honest. No, we're not going to get... We won't, don't stop saying this about we'll get beaten heavily. We won't get beaten heavily. We're not get. We, we're too good to get beaten heavily. That won't happen. That won't happen. If we lose, it'll be narrowly, and we would have put in a banging effort, and that means that the fans can move on from it. Look to the following week. And just remember, what we, 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 we lost our first three games, right? We lost at Brentford, and that was an abysmal performance, right? They're not going to make excuses for that. But then we lost at Chelsea, we lost at Man City, and we've seen what they're not... So, you know, City are struggling to it, but Chelsea are quite likely the best side in the country at the moment, right? Yep. I challenge you to keep Chelsea and Man City in your heads. Wait until after Christmas, till January comes, right? When when Chelsea and Man City come round again, let's see how we go then. Then let's start making our judgments on the team, on our tetter, on the club, on the progress. We can't do it now. It's too soon, regardless of the results at the moment. With, with the, the latest bit of the progress is, as Troll said earlier, we've seen lots of different players in the side. So Arteta's now got his team, right? Or very much near his team. Now we see what he does with it. So we wait till Christmas, another two or three months, and then we start making our conclusions. And we might start making our conclusions sensibly because we've had time to look at it all, you know? So, yeah, tell me after Christmas, when we play City and Chelsea again, let's see how we go against them and let's start making some judgments then. Yeah, I agree. I, th I, th I think look, the team spirit and the fan spirit is really high at the minute. Uh, I think it's on the right um, right direction. Uh, guys, it's been really good having you all on again. Um, uh, we'll I am finished. Again uh, of course he's not finished. We'll be back again <laughs> next week <laughs> when, Tre when Trevor will be finished. Go on then. What, 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 what do you want to talk I, about then, old man? I'm, I'm going to have a moan about Sky TV, Fergus. I'm going to have a moan about Sky TV because they, you know, they... We think they care about the fans and they're on about the fans, but I don't know. People put me right if I'm wrong, but on the eight, our game on the weekend, of, they moved it to the Monday, the 18th of October, right? So they moved our game against uh, to a Monday, I think. It, I can't remember it is. And then they've moved our game the following weekend to the Friday. So we're playing on the Monday and then on the Friday in the same week, two weekend games. Yeah, they care about Arsenal fans, don't they? So on a Monday, I'm going to be using the car when I wouldn't have done. And on a Friday, I'm going to be using the car and paying for an hotel when I wouldn't have done. So, you know, Sky, zero, what's it called? Zero emissions, whatever it is. Sky, come back when you really mean it, when you really care about the fans, boys. We don't need Friday and Monday. We'll take a few. We know you've got a crust to earn Sky TV. We know you've got a bit of money to make. Move a game to a Friday and a Monday, but not Monday and a Friday in the same week. That's just rubbing our faces in it, isn't it? Am I wrong, boys? Mm. No, I agree with you. And, and I, I tweeted Sky and asked them what the point of that whole weekend about uh, Game Zero. It was just one hell of a stupid publicity stunt. Uh, how it done anything for the environment by them able to charge, I don't know, Greenpeace extra for an advert or give an advert off free to, to Greenpeace or the like and, and write it off as a tax deduction. I'm sure Dan, as an accountant, would uh, figure out that um, there's a way of um, doing that as a tax deductible weekend, I'm, I'm sure for them. So, the only final comment on that is Spurs netted zero against Chelsea and they're netting zero against us on Sunday. That's all that matters. I hope you're right, son. 
Have your right song. <laughs> right. You have been listening to Arsenal Podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Dan, tell everybody where they can find you on the Gooners fanzine and uh, where you're available on Twitter, etc. Yeah, so you can uh, you can follow the Guna Fanzine on Twitter uh, if I can remember the handle. Um, just search Guna Fanzine, you'll find us. Um, we've got an edition coming out soon, next edition of the season. Um, we've recently secured the long term future thanks to our brilliant supporters and subscribers. So that's brilliant news. Um, and we've got so much more coming up this season to be excited about. So make sure you buy the Guna, whether that be online through our shop or when you're at a game at the Emirates. Pl- plenty of sellers around. Uh, you can find out where they're located on our website. Um, so yeah, just keep supporting us. We're very grateful, and and yeah, thank you very much. Brilliant. And Dan, tell everyone where they can find you singing on the North Bank. You're you're all over the North Bank for the next few games, aren't you? I don't know. Can they find me and let me know where I am? Because that's where I'll be in on Sunday. That sort of state. But yeah, I'll be in and around Block Five, losing my voice. And just like the rest of the fans, it's Derby Day. Forget all your your hatred. Forget your Jack and forget your Arteta. It's Arsenal. As, as Trev said, it's the Arsenal and it's the Derby. Get behind them. Trev, I'll see you on Sunday, mate. You will. I'll be. I mean, well, I, I, if I'm not in, I'm not. Don't know if I'm going to go in block seven yet, Ferg, or whether I'm going to look for a seat somewhere where I can sit down for a bit. I'm going to see how I feel towards the end of the week, mate, because I, I don't want to stretch these bloody stitches. I've been a good boy so far, and uh, and I just want to get right because we've got a lot of good football coming up. But we'll we'll, we'll do all right against Tottenham on Sunday, boys. We'll do all right, and I'm glad I've taught young Daniel something tonight. It's the Arsenal. With a capital T, because we are the Arsenal. Always was the Arsenal back in the day, wasn't it? I don't know where that got dropped. It's like the Arsenal. The Arsenal. It should, you know. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.